Oh. What's that? What in the H-E double? Dad, what are you doing in my room? Alright, where is this Crackle in your room and why are you going to a fest for it? Dad, those are just tickets for Crackle Fest 10 happening during the Emerald City Comic Con. Live from the Hard Rock Cafe in Seattle on March 13th. Oh, it's that dork music you like so much. Nerd Rock, Dad. And this is the 10 year celebration of Kirby Crackle rocking those nerds. They're going to be playing the entire E for Everyone album. Here's one that I think even you like am I enjoying this crackle fest 10 will also see live looping and mermaid pop star Emily McVicker and all the way from Denver h2 awesome perform advanced tickets $15 $20 at the door show starts at 8 30 p.m. for more information head to Kirby crackle music.com <laughs> looks like I'll need to get a ticket then why do you think I got two dead <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. And as we march forward, continuing our uh, march towards Emerald City Comic Con weekend and Crackle Fest 10, I am uh, incredibly excited to welcome singer, songwriter, and mermaid pop artist uh, Emily McVicker <laughs> onto the show. Uh, we will all be at Crackle Fest 10. As a reminder, that will be on Friday, March 13th at the Hard Rock Cafe in downtown Seattle, just a few short blocks away from the uh, Washington State Convention Center, home of Emerald City Comic Con. So after a, a long, hard day on the convention floor, you can come up, hang out with us in the cavern room, have an adult beverage or two. I'm sure they'll have some uh, drink specials and uh, help us celebrate uh, 10 years of nerd rock as we kind of close out that year long celebration here uh, with Crackle Fest 10. Uh, on that lineup will be Emily McVicker, who we'll speak to in just a moment. Also from Denver, H2 Awesome will be making their triumphant return to Crackle Fest. That will make them three-time offenders. They uh, they actually played Crackle Fest 1, the, uh, uh, the very first uh, Crackle Fest, uh, so it's cool to bring those guys back in. And of course, the pioneer of Nerd Rock, Kyle Stevens, and Kirby Crackle will be uh, bringing down the house playing their iconic album E for Everyone in its entirety front to back you know all the words to all the songs um, that's, uh, that is going to be an incredibly fun after party again during Emerald City Comic Con uh, Friday March 13th um, show is at 8.30 doors are at 8 that is a 21 and over show um, but yeah that's, uh, that is it's you know, it's a 10-year tradition uh, during uh, Emerald City Comic Con. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I'll have to ask Kyle next time I talk to him, but I think Crackle Fest is actually the longest-running uh, consecutive after-party uh, during Emerald City Comic Con in, like, their 16-, their 17-year history. I'm getting far afield, but basically it's it's going to be a really fun time. Um, I will be your MC that night. Um, I'm the guy that you're uh, not going to be paying attention too is you're getting those awesome drink specials and checking out the merch tables and uh, getting to know a little better our next guest uh, Emily McVicker welcome to Mike Cybert Radio thank you for joining us thank you Mike I'm excited to be here very cool it's a it is a gorgeous day outside here in uh, downtown Seattle. I'm looking out the window of the studio and it is just crystal blue skies and uh, sun is high in the air. It's a little cold, um, a little <laughs> chilly this time of year, but man, I, I, 
I I love these this this time of year almost as much as I love the fall because I think like kind of like <laughs> the beginning of spring and kind of fall are kind of like on you know the kind of the bow ties on opposite ends. I I just uh, you can feel that like the season is just getting ready to change. It's uh, it, it's wonderful. Yeah, you know that's funny that you mentioned the seasons because my um my newest song that um. We're in the studio recording it right now. It's all about the springtime. And because I feel like if I were a season, I'd be spring. Because um, <laughs> of like the pinks and the yellows and the blues and um, uh, and the baby ducks, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the pastel aesthetic and all that, of course. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. um, I grew up right here in Seattle. So I, that was kind of, that was always kind of the clue. Uh, when spring came was that you'd see baby ducks mm-hmm. at Green Lake. That's awesome. Which is just one of my favorite places ever. <laughs> yeah, it's a it it is a gorgeous place. I mean, I uh I, I love Seattle. I love the Pacific Northwest. I love being here. And, and days like this really, uh, really make me kind of uh, uh, make sure that I'm not taking that for granted as as we're uh, as we're boring people with weather talk. But here we are. I, I mean, know. It's just, it, it, it really is a wonderful place here in the Emerald City. I, I just I can't talk it up. Well, and I I feel very lucky to have been able to come back here. I I grew up here and then I was in Pittsburgh and on the East Coast doing, I was training to do musical theater at a conservatory. Um, And then I moved to New York and I was, I ended up getting like jobs doing acapella shows. Okay. And, uh, and some studio vocals because of my ability to, for harmony and like background vocals and stuff. And, and and it was hard for me to get jobs doing theatrical roles so um, it kind of set me on this path of doing music. And I think still, though, my theatrical background definitely comes out during my musical show. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in fact, let's uh, uh, let's jump off from there because I'm I'm always excited to get to know uh, the performers at Crackle Fest. You know, I've I, I've been kind of doing this uh, kind of a, a promotional junket pre hype, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, for the last few years now. And I just, I, I just love getting to know all of the different unique artists and sharing their music, but I, I can't think of an artist that after the crackle fest, um, uh, lineup announcement has come out that I've gotten more questions. And the questions <laughs> I've gotten from my audience is what is mer pop what what is mermaid music what what is this mermaid pop it's like and and i you know i kind of tried to describe uh live looping a little bit which it which is a huge uh component of uh, of your performance and even then i don't really do a good job of it because i ramble for a while and i'm like so yeah, so so that's kind of <laughs> what that is. So I'm really excited to uh, have you on the podcast to, uh, in your own words, consulting the expert. Um, how would you describe your music? Uh, well, you know, mermaid pop was kind of a hashtag that was uh, bestowed upon me by my good friend Norman Baker. Okay. And when I first started doing my my own music. Excuse me. Independently, Norman and I would do some tour. We started doing touring together, which was we were a great team for that. And so he gave me that hashtag Mermaid Pop because I was doing a song, and I still do it sometimes. But I have a when I first got started writing original music, a lot of it was kind of um, comedy in nature. Mm-hmm. And I ha- I wrote a song about where baby mermaids come from. And it's a bit of a saga, and you might have to come to Crackle Fest to hear it <laughs> done live. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, it just I do lots of different. I have lots of personal stories and songs about unique experiences to me. Um, but but the the Baby Mermaid song was something that people remembered, and I noticed that people would always get out their cameras, so it got a lot of Instagram coverage. Okay. Interesting. Um, yes. And then, you know, then people I noticed started remembering me as the mermaid lady. And <laughs> when 
friends of mine were on vacation in a gift shop, I would get photographs of, oh, look, I saw mermaids and thought of you. Or sometimes they'd bring me back gifts with mermaids on them. And so now my house is decorated with mermaids. And, um, and I like mermaids because they are kind of fantastic mm-hmm. and feminine and, and they are musical and, um, and there, I think they, someone let me know that they're also a symbol for the transgender community. And I think, um, I'm not transgender myself, but I, I do like that they are kind of a symbol for inclusiveness and, and, and that's really important to me at my shows, but that I want everyone to feel welcome and that they have a, have a place, but they're part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, a- Absolutely. Um, and I do feel like I feel like I get inspired by all different kinds of people. So uh, I, I try to I try to just keep my eyes open and and meet lots of people like you know like you like you were saying <laughs> yeah. where you can make friends by promoting your friends and collaborating and mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's important. It's like we were talking about earlier. You know, it's like, uh, um, tell me about your thing. Tell me your story. You know that mm-hmm. that that kind of vibe. That's a that's really cool. So so would you say at this point you you've kind of uh, uh, taken on that that kind of mermaid persona? That's that that's uh, um, kind of what uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, how you identify as an artist. <laughs> uh, I I think actually as an artist I. I feel like I identify as, you know, I feel like sometimes my show, after I do my show, it feels more like a cabaret. Oh, okay. There's serious parts, there's silly parts, there's sing-along parts, and um, without, like, taking on any kind of extra persona, Mm -hmm. I just try to be as honest of, of who I am as a person and my worldview and make sure that my music and my what I choose to do with my music, um, that my life choices kind of align with my belief system. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I feel like mermaid mermaidness was a little bit christened onto me. Sure, uh, and that's just fine with me because because uh, ultimately I'm here to provide an experience and to elevate the culture. Mm-hmm. So I can be whoever. I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And and I I think that's a component of mermaidism. <laughs> As a, you know, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, that that's I, I, I love it. And I'm just I'm just uh, 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 ruminating on those themes of, you know, uh, exclusivity. I. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit that out. Uh, those uh, uh those themes of inclusivity and being yeah. your best self and self expression. I think I mean because I mean you know I mean not not to go too deep down this uh, rabbit hole over analyzing it, but you look at say like you know Disney's The Little Mermaid, and that's that there's there's a lot of uh, thematic elements of um you know of uh longing uh to be your best self and mm-hmm. you know kind of kind of the the path that Ariel takes during that movie I swear this is not a Disney podcast but uh but no I was <laughs> I was just really thinking about that because that that uh that that just seems like a a really cool vibe and kind of a kind of a cool way to be so well yeah I hope I think you know everyone my age uh, and you know, within ten years of my age, mm-hmm. grew up watching The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And because of my theatrical training, I don't sound unlike a Disney princess sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I'm that's this. I'm living my best life. <laughs> I love it. Very cool. So so that's so that's so that's Mermaid Pop. We've uh, <laughs> we yeah. we have. Uh, defined that for folks that were asking. Now, what what I would like to turn to is your um, musicality and your instrumentation, and um, uh, let's talk about basically what what kind of goes into an Emily McVicker performance. Because uh, from from what I've seen from uh, looking at your YouTube channel and your social medias, um, it seems uh, w- without being uh, too descriptive. Very, very cool. So once Aww. once again, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to the expert and uh, yeah, maybe kind of talk about the the mechanics a bit of uh, uh, some of the cool stuff that you do uh, during your shows and while you perform. Oh, sure. Um, 
So what I what I do uh, technically with the show is I include a lot of live looping, which is the when I can I have a pedal on the floor that I operate with my foot that's connected to the microphone and the guitar, and I can build a rhythm or build um, build harmony or a chorus and harmonize with myself because it's recording and layering uh, on top. So essentially, by by playing live. I can still present a sort of arranged version of the song. And I, I, before doing my solo show, I was doing top 40s bands and lots of party music and, and the acapella stuff, like I told you uh, before. And so when, I, when I'm playing on my own, even when I'm singing the melody and playing guitar, I hear all these other things that should be happening, like the horn lines or the drums or like, um, like like call and responses from the background vocals. And so with live looping, I'm able to essentially be like six people in one and, and boom, it's a one woman show. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. I mean, you know, and like I had mentioned earlier, you know, I've, uh, I, I've seen some of your videos and I, I think sometimes I, I even get more, uh, uh, mesmerized in the in the process, uh, sometimes even more than the music itself, which which of course is oh. incredible. But I just I just yeah just uh um I I had the opportunity. I was just uh um dinking around on my phone, and I just happened to uh, come across one of your videos, and I had the sound turned off. Um, just be- <laughs> just because I had had the the sound off on my phone, and I I got like a minute or so into it, and I realized I was watching this music video with no sound. So <laughs> so so that that's at least visually interesting is is kind of what I what I'm trying to get at there. Um, well, I mean, I compare it a little bit to when you're at a festival or a carnival, and there's a caricature artist. I don't, and I don't know about you, but I always want to stop and watch the artist drawing because it can, you can exactly do that. You can see their process, where they start, how it takes shape. Yeah. Um, and I'm a visual artist as well. And so I mean, that's also probably why I enjoy that. But with looping, people can see me create the song and see how it comes together, which I think makes it a more of an interactive experience. And when I think, well, a lot of times when I go see other music, I get a little bit disappointed that the musicians feel so separate from the audience and it feels like you're just observing them. And I, so it's important to me so that people see what I'm doing. They can appreciate the beat. They can appreciate the harmony, the background singers. Um, And, and how, you know, like uh, you just made my day, but it, it makes it more more interactive to watch yeah. the process. I think. Right, and and that's a that's a, I, I would imagine part of uh, what we'll be seeing when you perform at Cracklefest on on Friday, March thirteenth. Um, and and it seems like a lot of the you know getting all the way back to like you know uh, getting to know a different unique artists. Um, I, I think the ones that are fan favorites are the ones that have that that interactive component to it. That it that that, that there's something something a little extra, kind of like that that special sauce. That that mm. uh, yeah, just a uh, just something a little special. And I um, again, we're really incredibly excited to have you as part of Crackle Fest. This is a it, it sounds like it's going to be a lot a lot of fun. Oh, I'm so excited! This is my first Crackle Fest and. I was telling, I've, been, I've told so many other bands, I was like, you know what you need for your show? You need an MC. And so um, I think you're going to be a fabulous MC. Oh, thank you. That's uh, that's very very sweet. I I really appreciate it. This is uh, this will actually be my second time, only my second time, uh, doing uh, uh, doing the emceeing, and it was it was a blast last year. It was a lot of fun. I I did find, and I think I talked about this at the time with uh with my audiences. I I I got so caught up in my storytelling though that I kind of forgot to um uh, keep the time, lost track of time a few times, <laughs> and really that's 
kind of part of my job. It's like it's literally right. my job to keep the trains running on time. And like the, uh, um, <laughs> you know, it's like the bands were yeah. ready to go. The performers were ready to go. And it's so funny because like uh, Kyle usually does um, a uh, Facebook live stream of the show. And uh, if I remember correctly on the video, the, it starts kind of like halfway me introducing Kirby Crackle. And I was just like, uh, blah, blah, blah. Kirby Crackle's up next. My name is. <laughs> and it just cuts me off. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and the the uh, sound guy turned me back on. I'm like, Kirby Crackle's up next. You've been great. <laughs> so. uh, um, well, have you do you watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Oh my gosh, yes. We uh, we are about a <laughs> third of the way through season three currently. We haven't we haven't quite finished it yet. Okay. Well, in season two, remember she goes up to introduce the band. Yes. She's meant to introduce the band, but she just keeps talking, and she's like, "Oh yeah, introduce the band." Exactly. I <laughs> I I identify with Midge in a, in a lot of ways in terms of like yeah that that kind of just you know kind of getting lost in in kind of your your performance and your set and and just just kind of talking. Um it's uh, a <laughs> That mm-hmm. is, that is a really fun show. I, uh, I uh, well, I, I I identify with her too a lot because I feel like I am in a. I feel very lucky that I get to do that. I just mm-hmm. get to walk on stage and I can talk about whatever I want. Exactly. One, one time I was performing and my phone rang in the middle of the show and it was this really annoying guy that I went on a date with once mm. and. Then I was able. I t- I told the whole audience about my terrible date. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what he was trying. I don't think he was trying to be part of the show when he called, but he became part of the show. There it is. Oh my gosh, that's that's awesome. Um, so <laughs> let's uh let's uh let's go a little further back. And so you know, you we talked about you know your your styling of music. How um how long have you? I guess well, depending upon how far back we want to go, how long have mm-hmm. you been performing music? And and from that, how long have you been performing this style? Of- um, I got started. My first job was that acapella show at Hershey Park in 2009 and uh, I have been very lucky to have been pretty much doing primarily music uh, for about 10 years now. I, in New York, I did a bit of catering, you know, cause everyone, I noticed everyone in New York has a side hustle. I was catering with like my friends that were in the rock S. Okay. And oh, wow. Just, cool. They had just finished Broadway shows and I was just like, if you you literally hit the big time and you're still back here catering with me, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so New York was not the best place for me, but um, you know, after theme parks, I you know I talk about sometimes in my shows that I sang on cruise ships for a couple years and got to do some traveling, but really got to practice. Uh, I learned hundreds of songs mm-hmm. and really got comfortable interacting with audiences and creating like a fun vibe. So when I came back to Seattle, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was doing artwork, like I said, because I'm also a visual artist Mm -hmm. and I've done, I've done a bit of caricaturing actually as as my side hustle. And I I still do a little bit of that, but it's, it's mostly for fun just because I really enjoy uh, artwork doing drawings and and, but I've been very, I was kind of surprised and thankful that the music doors have opened for me in such a way. And I think part of it was in part due to the first thing I did was I started an open mic at a little Mexican joint in Ballard. Mm-hmm. And uh, what that allowed for me was as, as the new kid in school, <laughs> instead of me going to other people's events and being like, hi, I'm nobody. Nice to meet you. Um, I had something to offer the community and I was booking a featured artist each week so that I was also promoting my favorites in the community and connecting people to one another and, you know, ultimately being a hub and a safe place for people to come and share their music. Um, And I think that's the key. I, you know, a lot of musicians that I've met sometimes, they're they're trying to promote their own stuff. They're trying to um, play, you know, more gigs and do bigger and better stuff, which is great. You know, we all want to do that. 
But I think the, the way that I have found to succeed at doing that is actually by lifting other people up and providing opportunities that, you know, that aren't just selfishly motivated, you know, Um, and like, kind of like what you do. Mm -hmm. I think having a microphone and an audience and being a tastemaker is a big responsibility and you should, you should be promoting the, the kind of world that you want to see. And sometimes audiences just need a little bit of guidance. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. And and especially with as fragmented as entertainment is today, you know, whether it's uh, television, Internet, uh, comic books, music, movies, you know, it's uh, it, it is so fragmented and there's so much content out there and it's it's hard to sift through the noise. You know, it's like mm. we we were just talking a moment ago about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Now that that is a a show that's on a streaming platform on Amazon Prime. Now, I have encountered folks in my circle of friends that have Amazon Prime that have no idea what that is. It's like, well, uh, it's like, oh, Oh, okay. Or, you know, it's like, hey, man, well, you know, check out that that new season of Jack Ryan. That's really good also. Oh, wait a sec. So I I get television with with my uh, two-day shipping also? That's pretty rad. But but, but, but the point is, is, or at least what I'm trying trying to make with that, is that there's so much out there that there could be something literally uh, within arm's reach that you don't even know is there. So Mm. I'm picking up on on what you're putting down in that, like, you know, as um, fans of things, it's, yeah, there's, there's an onus on us to be like, hey, man, check this out. So, like, I mean, for example, my, my audience and followers, you know, hear me talking about Crackle Fest, and it's like, well, what the heck is a Crackle Fest? And it's like, <laughs> well, that's why you got to listen to my podcast that, that I can explain. It's like, well, what's, what's Mermaid Pop? Well, listen to the podcast, and we explain it, you know, kind of doing, mm. doing those things to kind of help folks along to understand these awesome, cool things so that theoretically they come out and participate and consume those awesome cool things like uh um like uh like you can do uh coming up on friday march 13th at hard rock seattle <laughs> during crackle fest 10 see i just slip right into it um during, Love it. during emerald city comic-con weekend and uh and my guest is uh emily mcficker and we have been talking about uh uh mermaid pop and live looping and and origin stories and and i i think we've we've kind of gotten to the point where um, you know, we, we, um, you know, we talk, we, we were just talking a lot about kind of building community and yeah. even though, um, you might not classify your specific genre of music and performance as, you know, quote unquote nerd music, I, I prefer to look at kind of like the, the quote unquote nerd music scene, not so much as a genre because it, it includes all kinds of genre, you know, from like, you know, uh, uh, nerdcore hip hop to, you know, filk, uh, you know, a folksy singer songwriter type stuff, uh, all the way up to straight up nerd rock, like what uh, uh, Kirby Crackle does. It's uh, it, it's it's less a genre and more of a community. And yes. um, so, more or less, what I'm leading to is let's talk about because I I hear there's a story involved about how um, how you got to know uh, Kyle Stevens and and Kirby Crackle and how uh, how you got involved into this whole whole new uh, new space of uh, of performing at Crackle Fest and and joining our little community. Yeah, well, I'm very honored to be part of the community. I met Kyle and. Jeff and CJ um, doing, we, we, we also play uh, sh- sh- kind of bigger like corporate shows for, uh, for it's called the International Musicians League. Oh, and it's cool. a, it's an international organization and they, they supply, you know, big bands for stuff. So I remember I first met Kyle, it was at a wedding expo uh, showcase type deal and as soon as I met him, it just felt like we we were soul sisters, and we we had so much in common, and we were laughing at the same stuff. And he was also a visual artist and did touring. And I heard a little bit about Kirby Crackle, but 
I, you know, I, I was just introduced to it. Sure. And it wasn't until one time I was, I was doing a short tour in Oregon and I, I was going to my grandma's house and Jeff, the drummer, (laughs) texted me the link to Grandma's House, the song. (laughs) Yep. I'm chuckling because I already know where this is going. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, for the entire tour, it took the entire tour to listen to the whole whole body of work that Kyle has created. And I suppose knowing him and, like, I already thought the world of him and I didn't fully appreciate the epic empire he has built in the nerd community (laughs) sure yeah uh and listening to his music made me feel really inspired because he writes about inclusivity about like about the weird stuff that he likes to do about personal stuff that happens to him and um and i really look up to him because I feel like he's the kind of person with his music and with his creativity in general, just he, he has thought so divergently in how to reach people mm-hmm. and how to connect with people and how to keep the music going and going um, by forging his own path ultimately. So um, yeah, I, I just love talking shop with him and hanging yeah. out with him and his little daughter Katinka who's like my best friend. Oh my gosh. She she's amazing and and she's a, a quite the internet darling. It's <laughs> mm. so funny. I know. When I'm when I'm with my mom, I'm like, Oh mom, look what Katinka said today. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, it is so funny. It's it's amazing to me as a fan of Kirby Crackle that that's that's been there for for the uh latter chunk of uh this celebration of 10 years of nerd rock is kind of the the uh paradigm shift that um Kyle's music has taken in recent years where you know he's not afraid to be experimental you know it's like he'll just he'll just cut a hip hop song about black panther who cares you know he'll, right. he'll he'll make an acoustic double album of him just getting out his existential angst and 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 it's it's all great and I I I appreciate the hell out of him as an artist that he uh, doesn't feel handcuffed to just do. Uh, we yeah, I think we talked about this in our most recent interview, but uh, reference salad. You know where it's like <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sing a song about transformers, and here's the name of all the transformers, and you know, and, uh-huh. and all of that. I mean, and he still does that. I mean, that that's still very much a strong component of of nerd rock and the stuff that Kirby Crackle does, but. I I appreciate the authenticity more so than the on the nose references. I just I, oh, I just yeah. think it's really cool what he's done, and I think also that that's had kind of like a ripple effect in that it's inspired folks like us, you know, to just kind of like you know blaze our own path and kind of do our own thing because it can be done, and there's an audience for it, and your audience will find you. Um, yeah, yeah, I love all of that. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. It's just uh um it's it's a really great scene. Miss last week's episode? Have trouble remembering that hot take you heard? Find it all in the full archive on soundcloud.com by searching Mike Seibert Radio. Stick around because my interview with Emily McVicker will continue shortly, but first, I'd like to share with you the song that you've been hearing during those awesome Cracklefest promos that producer Dave made for us. From her debut album Mermaid antidote here's emily mcvicker with you never know you're listening to mike cybert radio you never know never know away from the left. 
could go. his chest he felt it there every time he breathed he paid it forward everywhere to anyone he pleased smile is just a little ways from a laugh and the laugh is just a little ways from having a good day so Nobody likes you. Let's show Mike some love. Right into the mailbag at MikeCyberRadio at gmail.com. And of course, the spelling on that is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. You've got mail. Everybody loves you. We we talked earlier, um, still kind of sticking with, with the technical a little bit. You know, we kind of talked about, um, you know, your live looping techniques. But um, let's talk about some of the uh, uh, the actual instruments that you use, because you use uh, uh, quite a few uh, different instruments mm-hmm. while, uh, while you're doing your one-woman show. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah. Um, it's evolved a little bit, which is kind of fun, like, I always, I'm always trying to improve or add or see, um, you know, sometimes I add something and take it away. But mm-hmm. when I first got started, and this was another thing that Kyle and I had in common, was I got started doing ukulele. My brother gave me a ukulele for Christmas, maybe like eight years ago. And because I, it was so small and I was able to travel with it, it just kind of changed my life. Um, and th- there's only four strings. I just think everyone should play <laughs> ukulele. <laughs> um, and my first song was about, it was ca- just called the ukulele song. I, <laughs> it, it, it started me writing songs because it was just so cheerful. And I found that you could say anything with a ukulele. Mm-hmm. And even if it's kind of harsh, it comes off as a joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, so I started doing ukulele and for a couple years and a little over a year ago, I added guitar to the mixture and I kind of focus on guitar. Now I'm kind of adding the ukulele back, mm-hmm. but I've, I've always been kind of an instrument junkie. <laughs> it's like, if it makes noise, I want to touch it. Sure. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> But my, uh, I have a, a grandmother who was not a musician, but she was very in, uh, instrumental, <laughs> influential, is. because even though she couldn't, she never really settled on an instrument to play it, but she always would hear a new instrument and fall in love with the sound and she'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so that resulted in me going to grandma's house and finding instruments. And learning how to play them. So okay. So, so over the years, I play. I've played piano. Um, you know, I played at my childhood church piano, mm-hmm. and then 
then in high school, I started doing the beatboxing because because of my my choir. I think that we were doing a lot of acapella music, and sure. she was like, "Who wants to give it a try?" And I was like, "I'll give it a try." <laughs> um, <laughs> and then on the cruise ship, uh, I would play a lot of hand percussion with the band, and so you know, that's I've just been always wanted to make noise. I suppose. Sure. I love it. Now, uh, you've uh, throughout our conversation, you've mentioned a, a couple different uh, uh, types of places and specific places that you've performed. Um, uh, would you like to talk about uh, some of the places you've performed more, most recently? Like you, you've done gigs at the Edgewater. Um, I, I know you've uh, done gigs at uh, at SeaTac Airport. Um, talk about some of the the cool places that you've been in and uh, uh, bringing Mermaid Pop to the to the masses. Yeah. Um- I don't. I don't have a ton of rules when it comes to where you can do a show. I, I. What I always say is, if there's an outlet, we can do a show there. And so anywhere from like what you know, SeaTac Airport, which I've been working with a an agency called Jigs for You, and they've been they've been very generous to me and given me um, work work there about once a week. And I've met all kinds of people at the airport because here they are traveling. They have nothing to do. And by the time they're through security, they're so relaxed, usually, <laughs> mm-hmm. or sometimes bored. <laughs> right. And, and boom, there I am. And so, sometimes I, I end up having these very short and sometimes, like, intimate and meaningful interactions with people before they get on their flight. And I've met, I've met people from around the country. I've met other podcasters. Mm-hmm. So actually, earlier this week, I did a podcast with people. Love and Wine out of New York, or not New York, LA. Oh, okay. Uh, with my new friend Tiffany, who she's like, "You're a mermaid. I'm a mermaid. Let's do a pod." She's had she had a kind of a mermaid themed podcast. Awesome! I love it. And uh, and I just through some of my online videos and stuff. I th- those have been another way that I've been able to meet new people. Um, I've done some demo videos for the guitar store here in Seattle, which they're actually world famous. They were ranked one of the top 10 guitar stores in the whole United States. Oh, wow. And they brought me in to do some demos of their new looping gear and some of their new Roland amps. So, um, so they have a video of me doing the ukulele on, on the acoustic, the boss acoustic singer live amp. And, uh, and then through like the videos like that, I met another guy named Brent Lyons, mm. who lives in West Seattle, and he brought me on his podcast called Solving Sounds. And okay. I was I was pretty honored because the last person that was on his podcast was Chris Ballou from Casper Baby Pants and the Presidents of the United States. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's a, that's good company like, to be in. I'm like, Chris Ballou, is he right here? I was kind of excited. <laughs> that's awesome very cool so yeah so that's uh yeah i i because i'm you know i i don't fly often but when i do that i mean i i like what they've done with SeaTac airport with like like the new concourse and like you know kind of like kind of trying to make it like an actual scene for lack of better term as as opposed to just being uh, uh sterile and and gloomy and I've, uh, I, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, seen several folks performing. There's like this, this really cool uh, performance space. You could probably uh, speak to it better than I can. But yeah, that's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you just kind of find yourself stopping and just kind of, um, yeah. It's there's there there's a relaxing comfort to it. It's and it's you know, it's kind of like a either like a uh, a farewell to the Pacific Northwest or a, a warm greeting to the the Pacific Northwest. I, I just think it's really cool. Yeah, and you know, so I, and it, it happens to me, frankly, all the time that I meet someone at SeaTac, and then pretty soon they I. They, I see them at my shows outside of SeaTac. I was even I was playing in Winthrop, Washington last week at the Old School House Brewery. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you haven't been, it's like one of the it's the, one of the best breweries. I think it's one of my favorite places to play. It's too bad it's so far from me, but right. of course it. It's a nice area. Um, and I ha- it's beautiful. And I had two people, two different couples, come out that met me at the airport, and it's like now we're just we're friends forever. <laughs> That's really um, cool. 
Very nice. And um, so, and and you've done uh, gigs at the Edgewater also. I mean, that's uh, that's one of like the the most famous, iconic uh, waterfront hotels. I mean, you know, folks outside the Pacific Northwest uh, might not know it by name, but you probably know it by the picture of uh, of the Beatles <laughs> fishing out of the windows. Um, you know, that's uh, uh, my wife and I uh, when we got married. That was uh, that was uh, the hotel we stayed at before we got on a ferry boat. To go up to uh, uh, Orcas Island for uh, honeymooning, so yeah, so Edgewater has Aww. kind of like a, a special significance for me and and uh, for my family. So yeah, it's a, it that's a really neat place. Uh, uh, can you um, how's uh, how's that gig been going? <laughs> oh my god, sweet! Um, I really love the Edgewater. They they just they take such good care of me there, and my mom usually comes out to those ones too because she also just likes it at the Edgewater. Very nice. Uh, well, the, the other thing that I like about the Edgewater is they they prefer to have bands. And so sometimes I'll bring a percussionist or a keyboard player or mm. a bassist. And it's an opportunity for me to include someone else in the music, too. And so then it kind of mixes it up for me. Just it keeps it good. I And yeah. it's, it's a pretty it's a staple of a Seattle restaurant. And I find myself I enjoy playing more like restaurants and breweries and and places where there's a crowd and good food, yeah. maybe more so than than like full on music venues. Sure. Because um, well, I, I do music full time. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of rare. I mean, I do it. I do like producing shows as well. But mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a real gift when I get to enter someone else's community and just kind of like put my flavor on the night yeah. for a night. <laughs> yeah, and, and you kind of took the words out of my mouth there too. I was I was going to say the, those kinds of spaces is is very much a community. You know, maybe uh, more so than say like a one off show that that kind of thing. Um, right. So yeah, I I, I I totally feel you there. That's a uh, uh, that that's really cool. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about, um, the, uh, the actual songs that you perform because from, from what I, what I can tell, it, it seems like your catalog is a, is a, uh, combination of, uh, some really cool covers and then also some, uh, really great original music. Um, uh, could you talk about the, uh, uh, the variety of, uh, music and songs that you play? Yeah, I, um, well, I started writing my own music, uh, maybe maybe like six or seven years ago. And I, I just like doing good music. So <laughs> awesome. At, at first I wasn't, I didn't super need to write my own music. I just picked songs that were my favorite and did those. But then every time I had a unique experience or I felt like I had something special to say, that kind of opened me up to um, like more original music and, and and that's been such a an interesting journey because for, there's something very intimate and vulnerable about doing your own music. Yeah. It's like standing up and being like, "Hey, my perspective matters," even though it totally of course it matters. <laughs> but but it's really putting your money where your mouth is and I I don't it's been so heartwarming and like fulfilling. When people come up to me sometimes after and share like, oh, that happened to me or I've totally been there or um, I try to write about anything between like trying to reach out to your friend Mm -hmm. if they're if they're feeling depressed or or feeling I have another song about like feeling like you were your own worst enemy or that you got stuck in a situation that you knew was bad. Um, I have a song called Antidote about when I was, I was feeling heartbroken Mm -hmm. and instead of, instead of, I, I, I wanted to take away my feelings. So I wrote a song in response to the Sam Cooke Cupid song. Oh, sure. Cupid, draw back your bow, which is about an arrow making you fall in love. And I was like, I really would like an arrow to make me fall out of love. Um, (laughs) And you know, anything like that. Or, I mean, one of my new newest songs is about an experience I had on an airplane with a crazy drunk lady who she, she kept, she was really nice to me, but she was like giving me way too much information. 
so much so that I had to write a song about her story. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I, I really try to always keep my, my ears open and my inspiration muscle turned on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, oh, I do. I do also want to mention while I'm talking about the new songs is yes. I have a good friend that I met. I met him online at first and he says, that he had just built himself his own studio in his backyard and offered to do some recordings with me to break mm-hmm. in his new studio. And I was like, sure, why not? And so his name is Chris Wadsworth, and his recording studio is called A Rogue Story. Oh, nice. And I've been going and recording with him about once a week and doing some of my songs, but also doing I've been doing some backup vocals for his band songs as well, which is also, I love doing that. And uh, so, yeah, so a rogue story, we're recording three new songs coming out They're They're getting really close. And and he's been he's been so generous to me and just has become one of my favorite people as well. So he'll be at the show March 13th. Oh, very cool. Very nice. And very cool. So as um, I I, I tell you, Emily, this has been a a great pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, you know, uh, educate us about your music and to talk about all the the cool things that you've done and that you've got coming up. Um, And and I uh, we we could talk for hours. I I feel like it's (laughs) and and, and I find this often with uh, with folks I uh, connect with. uh, But I want to want to remind folks real quick that uh, you will be able to catch Emily McVicker along with H2 Awesome and Kirby Crackle and me um, at Crackle Fest 10 that is going to be coming up on uh, Friday March 13th at the Hard Rock Cafe in downtown Seattle during Emerald City Comic Con weekend just uh, just a couple blocks away from the convention center it's a it's a great way to unwind after uh, after a busy day on the show floor and um, uh, oh and and tickets information at kirbycracklemusic.com don't uh, don't forget that uh tickets are 15 bucks in advance uh 20 at the door so uh save a buck or two and buy early and buy often <laughs> so um and uh uh before we close out um i'd like to ask you the uh the um i i, I don't know my, my guests refer to it a couple different ways they've called it like the three-legged stool or i've had folks talk about it as like the the uh, uh, quote unquote uh, uh, job interview questions, um, but uh, what what I would uh, uh, like to ask you is uh, first, what's been your biggest challenge as an artist, and and maybe some of how you've overcome those challenges. Uh, what's your uh, goal for what you're doing in uh, your performing? Kind of what the dream is, and then finally, my favorite question that I ask all of my guests is what advice you would have. Uh, for folks that want to pursue their own artistic interests, so with that, let's uh, let's wind back and uh, um, talk about uh, uh, challenges. Yeah, you know, I think one of my one of the biggest challenges of I've experienced just being uh, an independent artist is sometimes deciding your direction, and maybe that's the that's the question, right? Is like what which which direction do you want to go in? Um, there's so many ways to do music and to connect with people and you only have a finite amount of time in the day and Mm -hmm. motivation and energy and and everybody's skill is so particular to them it's hard sometimes to know as an artist which which uh lead to follow yeah when you can't always fall in all of someone else's footsteps because their appeal is going to be different and their skills and talents and and all that so and i think what I've done to kind of uh, remedy those quandaries is just go out, leave the house and talk to people. Mm-hmm. And I've been very surprised how welcoming and encouraging people have, have been. And honestly, I think that the all the positive reinforcement I've gotten from just talking to people has given me even more confidence to just do it more and try crazier things. I love it. That's that's awesome. And I think that, you know, and it it's also important to pay it forward too, you know, when people say crazy things to me, I'm just gonna be like, Yeah, go for it. That sounds <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, 'cause in terms of goals, I 
I don't really know what my big goals are and what I've kind of, for my own self, I think I've, I'm more of a checklist type of lady. I got a bucket list and whether it's, I want to meet that person or I want to play with that person or I want to record this song or I want to play at this venue. Mm -hmm. Um, And because what I found is if I come up with a good enough pitch, you can pretty much meet anyone you want to meet, you know, as long as you respect their time and, and bring them something that might be enticing. Everybody wants to have fun. Absolutely. Um, So, and I think my advice would be to um, think divergently and to not necessarily follow what other musicians or creatives are doing, but just to talk to people and, and see what's available because you might come up with a solution that's totally different and it hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that's, it's, it's hard to know what the right thing is to do, yeah. but if you just keep making mistakes, <laughs> you'll, you'll hit it at one point or another. Absolutely. And, and not be afraid to try. Because I, I think yeah. I think folks are so petrified by fear, you know, uh, fear of failure, fear of humiliation, uh, you know, uh, just just fear of being foolish. It's, uh, you know, I, I and I, I see this a lot in my podcasting space because, like, everybody has an idea for a podcast. And and the first thing I tell them is, like, well, go do it. Uh, go okay. do it. Try it. And when you need help, let me know. Uh, cause I, you know, I, I got you fam, but it, it's always like, uh, uh, no, I'll get to it at some point. I want to make sure that, you know, the music is right or that, you know, that my graphics are right. And I'm just like, forget all that, that, that'll, that'll come in time. Just, just jump in and just start. Um, I, right. I've seen so many folks that have like so many cool ideas and so much potential, just not start i mean i almost look at like like walking yeah it's like you you just you got to put a step in front of you and then another one and next thing you know you're walking but unless you take that first step you're never going to walk and you're just going to stay still right and or like i think it's pretty daunting when you start a new art project or a new like writing project and you're looking at a blank page and it's so much easier to edit a pre-made like something that's already started and start from scratch. So yeah, yeah you just got to start swinging. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so uh, Emily, before uh, before I ask you where folks can uh, get access to their music and how they can connect with you, um, do you have a tease that you would like to share with us that uh, that what folks can expect um, during your set at Crackle Fest? Um, yeah. Well, should I play a song? Um. Sure. I I won't stop you. This is Okay. This is a rare treat. Oh well, um, let me just get my guitar here. Oh my gosh. And well let and let me know if you can hear it on the microphone. This is amazing. Oh yeah. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. (laughs) All right. Well this is um this is the story of the woman on the airplane who we were on the jankiest airline that you could possibly be. The seats didn't recline. There was hardly any cushion on the seats and there was no TV to watch. And this woman was very anxious and, and here you go. Here's her story. I'm going to tell you why. This sound was plugged 25 years. She said 25 years. I've been on this plane. So she drank and she hollered and oh, she complained. Her grandma had died, so then what ensued? A 25 years since family reunion. Once it away, she sat next to me and she wouldn't shut up that there was no TV. She snuck in tequila where she packed her shampoo. And her worry, she told me, just thank God for you. Go. 
Vicker, everybody. That was amazing. I don't know if I have ever had anybody perform a full song live over a phone interview before. That is a Mike Seibert Radio first. Thank you so very much. That was amazing. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to see you at Crackle Fest on oh, March 15th. That's going to be great. And uh, Emily, before we let you go, uh, could you let folks know where we can uh, find you on the internet, uh, connect with your music, watch your videos, and how we can connect with you out on the social medias? If you've got anything to promote, now would be a great time to do so. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you can find me always at www.emilymcvicker.com and sign up for the emailing list, and you can get a free download and some exclusive content there. Or you can find me at all the social medias at Emily McVicker Music, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and I'm working on my new Twitch channel launching next month. So, uh, so keep in touch. Find me on Twitch, Emily McVicker Music, and... Um, I'm stoked for Crackle Fest. It, crackle. It, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait to meet you IRL. That's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun there again <laughs> on uh, Friday, March 13th at Hard Rock Seattle during Emerald City Comic Con weekend. Crackle Fest 10. Uh, Emily, this has been uh, uh, really great, really amazing getting to know you and sharing your music. Um, any uh, any final thoughts, final words before, uh, uh, before we part ways for now? Um. I will also be bringing some uh, some artwork to Crackle Fest, so come see all the all the nerd rock art that I'll be bringing. Excellent, very good. Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it, and we will see you Friday, March third. Rock and roll, Mike. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. And that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Five stars, please. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders. Special thanks to Andrew and Benny for their voice talents on those Crackle Fest promos. For my guest, Emily McVicker, my name is Mike. We'll see you at Crackle Fest 10. And until next time, make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. 
email us at MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production. That's enough of this.